miss us because we missed you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Sports Advocates. I am Manus, the news advocate and Benson County record page sports reporter Mitch Vosberg. Thank me. Now at 90 degrees, my sports center, McLean Moberg. McLean, it's Thursdays for talking. How are we feeling? <sighs> feeling pretty good because, uh, you know, it's, it's golf again. It's another Thursday. There's another golf tournament. Yep, there's golf, there's baseball, there's track. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, but let's talk about baseball for a second. When we talked last for a big episode like this, we uh, we mentioned how we felt the Tigers were going to be, um, let's say, in the pit of misery. Now, all of a sudden, as we're recording this, they won 5-6, they're one of the hottest teams in baseball. I mean, what is it with the Tigers so far that makes you think, eh, it, it's going to be bad, but it's not going to be that bad. Yeah, so I think the main point with with Major League Baseball when you have a bad team, right, is the one thing you want to do is you want to be entertaining, right, Mitch? We're we're on the precipice of NHL playoffs uh, ending here in a, in a month or or whatever it may be. NBA that'll be done by June, and then it's like you get this lull, right? So I think the one thing you ask out of your local Major League Baseball team is that they they help you get through the end of June and July. And can the Tigers make it to July? We'll see. Right now they're hot. Um, it's It's been very impressive and, and most of all, fun to watch. Back-to-back-to-back uh, -to -back -to walk-off victories, right? A Nick Matten home run, a Miguel Cabrera single, and a Kerry Carpenter home run. And then a absolute, just, just a stud of a performance from Eduardo Rodriguez. Eight scoreless innings, 10 Ks. A 1-0 shutout of Cleveland, who's the favorite to win the Central. Um, yes, they came back and, and just lost off that three-run uh, home run dinger from from Ramirez there, Jose Ramirez. But this team is is playing good. Uh, it's just, is it sustainable? Uh, I'm cynical. You know, I mean, if 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 I was half the fan base, I've or, I'd have already canceled my subscription to Bali Sports uh, after what I saw in Toronto. Um, but but hey, they're they're hanging on, and I'm I'm hoping they can keep it going. Yeah, you know, I was shopping at Mario during groceries on Saturday. And my brother sent me this text. He said, quote, I feel like they have just enough pieces to not be the worst team in baseball. Crying laughing emoji. Crying laughing emoji. <laughs> and I think he's dead on. Because, A, not as bad as Oakland. I mean, soon to be Las Vegas. Another Oakland team ditched for Vegas. Oi. Not as bad as the Nationals. Like, you know, I mentioned one point I would take the over in their wins. I'm thinking 70-92 and, like, okay. Yeah, I mean, we finally got to see why Alavila spent on Eduardo Rodriguez. That's exactly why. For, I don't think like that, which he's been capable of the whole time. It's just, you know, personal things happen. But A.J. Hinch always finds a way to, like, to kind of get the most out of guys, like these under-the-radar kind of guys. Like, well, and, and he's the cog, in my opinion. Yeah. He's the cog that's going to make the machine go. Um we're, he's to me, he's at the end of his rope. We need to start seeing some development. That's the whole scouting report on A.J. Hinch, right? A la Mark D'Antonio baseball style. He's supposed to be able to take those two-star Le'Veon Bells and turn them into something else. And really, through most of his tenure, he hasn't done that here, in my opinion. Now, he got hell handed a terrible deck of cards. Uh, one of the worst in baseball. But at what point do you look to him and say, okay, he's supposed to be an elevator of talent. When are we going to start seeing this roster maximized? And I think this season is that season for him. Yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, everything else in baseball so far is good. My fantasy baseball team, my Diamond League, I passed this 2017. Even though I have five 
big guys in the IL on a perfect 2-0 right now. But hey, you know, I'm playing with lucky stars for guys like Pete Alonso and Randy Rosarino, which I've stashed away for two years. Like, it's kind of nice. Kind of bank off that. But. Pete Alonso was a great pick. Oh, I man. love me some Pete Alonso. Man, let me tell you. I, so, the year he broke out, I didn't snag him in the draft. I snagged him off waivers after the draft. Mm. Then he popped off for 45. <laughs> then he popped off again for 40. Now this year, who knows what he's going to do. So... Pulver Pete's kept in my guy. But since we're talking about... Side note here. Side since note. we are talking about baseball. Real quick, because it is a Detroit Tigers connection. Mitch, what did you think of the Max Scherzer ejection? With the, the, the stickiness on his glove there. He was claiming it was rosin and sweat and not any illegal substance. And he was ejected in the fourth inning uh, yesterday. So, I don't know a whole lot about this whole situation because I was... Working on some stuff here, but when I've read and stuff online, it sounds like the rules kind of like you know you can't have rosin. They're sending mixed with it in your glove, but you get rosin sweat. Technically, that's a no go. But I get why the shirts are upset because like you know you get rosin built up and you know get your fingers inside your glove occasionally. It's I'm gonna guess too they're out in L.A. It's yes, it's it's not cold like it's up here. It's probably sunshine seventy five. Yeah, he. So. <clears throat> He was his glove was checked three separate times. Three separate times they sent him into the clubhouse to get a uh, to wash his glove um, and or get a new glove, which he did in front of an MLB official. So he's he's simply upset because he said, "Okay, I went down into the clubhouse. I went into the to the restrooms or wherever I went where there's a sink with an MLB official. The MLB official saw me clean my glove off." saw me reapply totally legal substances to my glove and go back out. And then in between innings, the on-field officials, uh, umpires, kept telling him, well, your glove is too sticky, up until the point where they threw him out, even though he said, okay, well, I've, I had a guy monitoring what I was doing. He's an MLB official, and you guys are still tossing me out. That was the part of the anger. I am with Max on this one. Uh, he said he's definitely going to be appealing that automatic 10-game suspension. Yeah, he should. See how it goes. But, you know, we're talking about people hitting balls with bats. I mean, I, I think that would be a good way to segue into our guest this week, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right, let's jump to it right now. All right, joining us now over the phone because, folks, it's April. We're not the D. We're up here in beautiful Manistee. Actually, Ryan, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. But, uh, you know, it's baseball and softball season here. One, and during us not here on the phone is Benji Central softball coach Scott Brunningham. Scott, how we doing, man? Good, good, good. Good, man. Well, you know, we, we wanted to kind of ask you, you know, for starters, how long have you been coaching uh, softball, Scott? Uh, this, will, this is my 16th year. 16 years. Have, have all of those been with uh, Benzie? Yes. Wow. Um, this 16 years at the school there. Uh, I first came on with Mark Wassa. He was the varsity coach back in, um, I can't remember when Mark started. I think it was right around 2000. And then uh, I heard that he needed some help uh, with the team. So I had one of the... One of the uh, coaches out there, that was she was the basketball coach at the time, asked if I'd be interested, so I was. Um, and then I contacted Mark, and we had a meeting, and 
all went well and started started helping them. So what was sort of your first um, go around with the team? Like, uh, who, who did you find yourself working with the most? What were your, some of your responsibilities? Uh, that first year, um, Mark kind of turned over the outfield to me. Um, he said he never really, you know, had uh, somebody that could just, you know, take over, a, you know, the, a position. So outfield was one of the areas that we needed some help in. So I took over that outfield um, coach. When was the um, the first year you, you took sole sort of possession of the program, became the head coach? In 10, 2010. 2010, okay. So 13, 13 years now, would this be your 13th as the head coach? Correct. Okay. Um, you know, I want to kind of ask you because... You know, there's there's obviously some subtle differences between you know baseball and softball, and I'm just curious from your vantage point what you f- feel those are and, and what you enjoy um, so much about softball in comparison to uh, to obviously just baseball with both of the sports always going on at the same time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I came from a baseball background, um, and my when my kids started playing, I had a daughter that um, started playing, so we got into softball, but. I think the biggest difference I saw, you know, things that I really enjoy about it is the speed of the game. You know, it's it's a faster pace game, and it's just it's you know it's a lot closer. You know, obviously, you know the the bases are a lot closer than the boys do, but um, it's just the speed of the game, and you know, I get enjoyment out of teaching uh, you know the, the girls, you know, the the game that I was passionate about, and teaching them at the highest level. Scott Smith here. Uh, just out of curiosity, I know looking at the roster here, one thing that caught my eye because I saw her in volleyball season, she had quite a tri- quite a bit of aura around her. Was uh, Autumn Wallington? What kind of leader is she for this team this year? Um, she's been tremendous. You know, she's one of the captains on the team, and uh, she has really stepped up this year. And you know, she, her, and Grace—they've been. Uh, doing our Wednesday, you know, player-only meetings uh, before practice. Um, she kind of, you know, she's kind of almost like that uh, team mom, you know. Maybe that's not the right thing to say, but, you know, she kind of keeps them in order and and uh, sets the schedule for when I'm not around. You know, I, I wanted to talk to you about Grace, too, Scott. Obviously, a, a a, a very young player on your team, a sophomore pitcher. She's the number one right now. Um, just what are sort of the, some of the things that she brings to the table, you know, whether it be work ethic-wise, just, you know, God-given talent-wise. She's she's very uh, a, a well-put-together uh, player, and not just a pitcher. She can do some things at the plate as well. Yeah, she's, a, she's an excellent athlete. You know, she's probably one of the better athletes in the school, if not the best. Um, but she is... Ben, you know, she she works extremely hard at whatever we want her to do. And, you know, in sixth grade is when she first started coming to me, or to the coaching staff, and, you know, I kind of recognized right away that I think pitching was going to be one of her things that she could do very well at a high level. And she just works really, really hard, you know, in the off season, and even, you know, sometimes I have to tell her, you know, okay, you need, you need to to dial it back a little bit you know you need a little bit of rest because um, she'll get out of practice and she'll go home and, and throw to her dad 
or even just throw into a net. You know, she just, she's a little bit of a perfectionist and wants it. If she doesn't have a good outing, you know, she'll go home and work at it. Uh, but some of the things like she does, you know, she, this year, um, she has stepped up when she's not pitching. She's our, our shortstop, uh, her and Macy Jones. Uh, but, <clears throat> and then at the plate, you know, she's, uh, that number three hitter for us. And, you know, she, she can do it all. She's, she's super fast, uh, when she gets on the bases. Uh, she hits for power. You know, and she's uh, probably one of our better punters when we needed to, to do that. You know, one other name that's sort of popped up to me um, in the couple of games that I've been able to see of you guys so far, and I don't know if she's on a hot streak or what your evaluation is of her so far, but Macy Jones seems to be doing really well at the plate right now, getting some timely hits. She is. Um, it was, you know, we, we lost a, a number of good players last year. One of the spots we lost was our leadoff hitter, don't not. Schultz, she was our leadoff hitter for the last two seasons. And coming into the year, was, you know, I was scratching my head, not thinking about, okay, who's going to fill that role? So we tried a couple of players. Everybody was going to get a shot at it. And Macy, her first outing right away, you know, she she had a few hits in that game in that leadoff spot. She just has kind of taken over that role. And that's a, that's a position, too, that a lot of players do not like, you know, being that first one up, you know, to start a game. So it's it's a little bit of a, a type, difficult spot for you. you got to want that. So and she wanted it. She's done an outstanding job. She's been putting the ball in play just about every time. And it is her strength this year has increased quite a bit, too, or power. You know, she's hitting shots. And actually last night um, – and BP, you know, she hit one over the fence for us last night. I've been here for just a little over a year now, so I'm still trying to learn all the rivalries and all the traditions. But one rivalry I picked up out of the gate was Benzie Central and Frankfurt. At least for you, how fun and how intense is that rivalry? Um, it's it's pretty intense. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. Um, last year we split with frankfurt and uh, you know they it's it's been a pretty close series since i've been there i was back and forth either you know you know tight games or we're splitting games or there's you know we'll have a little streak or it might be a couple of years where we get the best of frankfurt and then there's a few years where they're, they're getting the best of us uh, so we're always talking about it and it is one of our main rivals you know to the girls and, and they know it so they're always coming for that. I'm sure the Frankfurt girls uh, feel the same way. You know, Scott, we want to sort of ask you some lighter uh, things here as well, um, you know, moving into a, a little more of a, a fun portion of the podcast. Um, <clears throat> always asking some people some different questions here. What's uh, a memorable sporting event for you that um, you've been able to see? Oh, boy. Um, probably way, way back, um, when I was young, I probably the first one would be my, my brother. He played on a, he played for TC Central and, uh, we went down to the Silverdome and they won a state championship in 78. It's kind of aging me a little bit, but, uh, you know, that was, that was very memorable experience for me. Um, 
Oil and Nap, probably, when we were, again, when I was young, our, my family, we used to go to Milwaukee and watch the Tigers play over at Milwaukee County Stadium. Every year we take the ferry across and do that, watch the games. It was a little bit different back then. You used to actually, we'd go and watch their, their warm-ups and you'd, you could hang out right next to the stands and the players would come over and you could talk to them. And I know I have a picture down in my basement of uh, me and my brother and Billy Martin when he was coaching the uh, Tigers. Okay. Anybody uh, in particular you remember having a conversation with? Oh, I was pretty young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably, you know, probably Billy Martin would be the one. Okay. Scott, I ask every coach and every athlete, athlete this question because if someone used to work in a pizza shop, I got to know the answer. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Actually, when we order pizza, we, we usually get the deluxe or and the Hawaiian. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Scott. Well, you know, man, I appreciate you taking some time today. Um, you know, Mitch and Mitch and I both appreciate it, and and hopefully we'll be talking soon here, sometime down the line. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Big thanks to Scott for joining us here for the podcast. Uh, kind of cool little chat with him. Absolutely. You know, Scott always brings um, a lot to the table when we do have discussions. Um, obviously, there. I think there are you know, more uh, talkers in our field of, of coaches. There are less talkers and there are more talkers, and Scott's sort of on that lower end. But when you get him on the phone talking softball and you get him in an interview, very detailed. Right on. So moving off here to one last thing, Mr. Moberg, I'll give you the floor first as we're talking about people hitting balls with things. So, Yeah, my one last thing is uh, just more golf. Uh, you know, golf betting, if, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, I've become sort of a super nerd with it, a totally unexpected. Uh, probably watched about five and a half hours of, of video and, and read even more stuff on uh, the Zurich Classic, which is going on this weekend. Uh, hey, you want to make a little money, uh, in my opinion, th- throw a few dollars on Sung Jay, uh, Eamon Keith Mitchell to win this team event. Um, Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley, it's a three to one, so why not sprinkle a little there? And for me, sort of a, a, a dark horse to, to win this event um, would be in, in terms of uh, the DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, uh, would be in the 7K range. That would be Thorgeborn Olison and Nikolai Hojgaard. Um, both young golfers who make a ton of birdies and in a team event that was won at 29 under last year. Uh, you need to make a tiny birdies on this course. It's an easy course. It's set up to be made a birdie course. Um, and the only way you win this tournament is by going low. And so that's my dark horse. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get in a golf season too, but I played one round on Easter weekend and then apparently strained the living crap out of my left bicep. <laughs> it's finally healed now. There were some photos I took in Manistee's soccer game last week where my left arm wasn't quite up all the way. It got tilted a little bit. No lie. But power through regardless. I'm also going to talk about people using sticks to hit things. <laughs> also, to hit, their, hit other people's bodies, I'm talking about a sport called hockey. The NHL playoffs are in full swing. And man, the only bright side, I mean, the only bright side about all these cancellations that happened this week because of weather, because Mother Nature can't last half my things in northern Michigan, apparently, is been able to watch the first couple 
game to the playoffs. And man, even if you don't watch hockey, even if you don't know what hockey is, just start tuning in out. Just start watching some of these games because this is hockey at its finest. This is hockey at its best and most intense. It's most passionate. It's kind of hard not to get romantic about hockey at this point in the stage. I mean, so many big storylines in this. Like, is Toronto finally going to win a playoff round for the first time since 2004 with all their pieces and all these years past decade of just, eh, we're not, eh, game seven, round one, yeah, we're good, yeah, we're done. I was just going to say, I don't know much about hockey, Mitch. I do tune into a few playoff games, but even a non-hockey fan knows uh, if the Leafs are in the playoffs. They will quickly not be. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah, and you know, honestly, the, the life gets harder when you get the two seed in the division, but the three seed is Tampa Bay, the team that Stevie Y built, mind you. They're already down one nothing. They lost game one, I believe, seven to three. Um, I don't see them winning that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of these game, a lot of these playoff matchups are really interesting. Especially Edmonton, Los Angeles was a first round matchup last year. Dallas and Minnesota are two really good teams. Boston and Florida. Racco Gudas was just an absolute pest on Grand Marshall last night. It was so fun to watch. Carolina and New York. The Islanders, not the Rangers. Are, it's a really physical series. Even though the Islanders' power play is about as effective as me trying to bench press 500 pounds. Um, not, not that good. But uh, my Winnipeg Jets, as I'm pulling my snapback right now, Looks like you may be able to pull off a first-round upset over Vegas, which would be um, one round better than they picked the Jets to go start of the year. Then it could be a playoff team. But then obviously you've got the brand-new Seattle Kraken taking on the reigning, defending, undisputed Stanley Cup champions, Colorado Avalanche. Seattle leads that series one nothing right now. They do. They That's do. That's seven. So, yeah. Even if you don't know even if, even if you don't know the difference between a back check and a four check, like... Still watch hot. Still watch these playoffs. I mean, since since hockey's been back at ESPN, it's been slowly starting to creep back up where it should have been, especially when I was a kid twenty years ago. There's always good storylines in the NHL playoffs, in in my opinion. But who um, who's gonna win, Mitch? Okay, first of all, I just said I was a kid twenty years ago. I'm trying to comprehend what the hell I just said. <laughs> That's alarming. Um. <clears throat> I got I have money on Rangers and Oilers in the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. McDavid, Dreisaitl. If Stuart Skinner gets hot in net, I mean, the West could be won, especially as fast as they play. The fact they're in the Conference Finals last year just got beat up by Colorado, who is just as fast. But then the East, I like the Rangers. Um, Igor Shosturkin, when he's hot, is one of the top three goalies in the league. It's a team that's done a really good job of building a young nucleus. Adam Patrick Green, the trade deadline to a team that made the Eastern Conference Finals last year before bouncing out, being bounced out by Tampa. So, now in the finals, place your bets. I left Phillip at home, my magic nickel to help fix these decisions. But, yeah, I like uh, the Rangers and the Oilers in the finals, which means the Rangers and the Oilers aren't going to make the finals. So, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, this wraps up this episode of uh, the Sports Advocates. Uh, any last thing you got to be chest here, bud? No, man, that's it. It's going to be another exciting weekend of sports. People tune in, have some fun, you know, drink some adult beverages if you feel the need. Hopefully we get better weather than we've had. And, uh, yeah, knock on wood there, right? There's been a lot of rain these past couple of days. I'm, I'm looking forward to some sun and hopefully uh, cooking out on the grill here soon. 
my fingers are crossed and my toes are crossed for good weather. Let me tell you, it it hurts to do right now. But anyway, yeah. Um, just wait till next week. I got my I got my final mock draft dropping. Next week's episode, we're gonna talk about it a little bit. But until we talk about them next time, from McLean Moore, Damage Bosworth. Keep your stick in the ice.